0: Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Noelle Nelson, Ph.D., an internationally respected psychologist, author, and seminar leader. She joins us with a perfectly titled book, I Survived COVID, Now What?, to help us in understanding where we've been, where we are, and how to look forward with courage. Dr. Noelle Nelson, good morning. It is wonderful to have you visit us once again.
1: It's totally my pleasure, Kate. Thank you.
0: You're very welcome. And the thing is, this is so opportune to have a conversation today at this time, because you have a new book, which is always such useful, helpful, uplifting information for us. So this book, I Survived COVID-19, What Now? Finding Happiness and Success in a Post-COVID World. So the fact is, we're still in this COVID, but I think what you're probably thinking of, am I right, that we need to be looking beyond it? Yes, we're here now, but the end will come someday.
1: Yes, and not only that, but there's no reason why we should mire ourselves in depression and misery just because the situation is awful.
0: Uh Aha, so we're talking about Kind of two different things, but really the same thing. Yes, the physical circumstances can be feeling pretty negative and dire. But on the other hand, we have choice as how we look at them.
1: Yes, we do. And the the reason that I wrote this now is that people, we, I, we all need help in getting through this in the midst of it, as well as getting tools for, okay, and then what?
0: Yes, okay. So that being the case, and we are going to be really focusing on where we are right now, would you say uh, your life, our life, we have these experiences along the way. You had a pretty harsh one happen to you a couple of years ago, being in California. The fires that were horrific this year, but you lost your home. Is that right, two years ago?
1: Yes, I did. And uh, it's interesting you should mention it in this context because I sometimes think of it as my rehearsal for COVID.
0: Uh-huh. And and I was thinking of that. I mean, that, it's an unimaginable loss. When you see these fires around you, There, there's that fear, that tension. And then, yes, your house goes up. I guess it was sort of a, a practice session. But would you say it was really a harsher one than COVID is? Well, yeah. It,
1: for me, anyway, in the sense that I didn't just lose my home. Um, I lost 70 years of life. In other words, I lived there 18 years, and I, like a turtle, you know, had everything on my, on my back when I came to that house, meaning all of the heirlooms from my family, all of the souvenirs from my travels, my life, my work, um, all the tapes, the interviews, my books. I literally lost everything but the clothes on my back and my two dogs. That was it. Oh. So it was much more than losing stuff. People kept saying, you know, well, it's just stuff. And I said, finally, it hit me. No, no, no. I lost my story. Mm-hmm. I lost what had been my life up to that point.
0: Oh. So, yeah, that was pretty traumatic. I I would say so. There's all those memories, all your life's work. You had, yeah. yes, all of that right there. And you, you had to just escape it.
1: Well, it's not so much escape it as I had to move forward whether I liked it or not. I wasn't dead. Yeah. <laughs> so I, there's the reality of it. I was still alive personally, and I had two dogs to feed, and I had work that had to get done. Otherwise, there would be no meal on the table, and I had to find a place to live. And I mean, the list went on and on and on and on and on. And there was like a no-choice involved unless I wanted to curl in a ball and die. And since I have practiced being an optimist for decades, literally, uh, curling up in a ball and dying was not an option.
0: Not to say that there wasn't time and space to mourn loss and and to feel those feelings, right?
1: There was not only—well, let's put it this way. There was very little time or space because there was so much that had to be, quote, done— in order to survive, literally Mm -hmm. physically survive. And, of course, I did, unfortunately. Um, I went into PTSD mode, and I learned all about panic attacks and how to navigate through them and all sorts of other very unpleasant things Uh, because, you know, that sort of trauma, just like COVID, has physical as well as psychological consequences. And I don't mean COVID the disease. I mean the pandemic. I mean the upheaval in all of our lives. Because I don't know of anyone that's been immune to either the physical, emotional, or financial consequences of this global pandemic.
0: No, and as it continues longer than any of us anticipated it might, uh, me being right there, uh, I think, you know, we may have been able to deal with it in one way to begin with. And then as time goes on, we begin to feel more the, the weight, the burden of it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And so thinking in terms of your having gone through that, and I am so sorry that that you lost all that you did, were you able to then step out of it eventually? But you said you had the PTSD. Was there a part of you that was kind of analyzing and saying, what am I learning here? How am I going to share this and help others?
1: Yes, that kicked in about, I would say, six weeks or so when I finally found my footing, if you will, to a degree, Um, because I started recognizing what miracles, really, I call them miracles, I have no other word for them, were emerging, and how other people can generate the same miracles in their lives. What I mean by that, Kate, is, for example, I had no place to live, and many, many, many people were impacted by this fire, and... Nobody had a place to live. In other words, short of the rescue tents, um, or in my case, my best friend's home, God bless her, uh, there, there was nowhere. But I never stopped doing my do. And what I mean by that is there were certain things I always did. I had work. I continued my work. I had my best friend. I continued to see her. I continued going to my ballroom studio, whether I could take a lesson or not. I continued with my ballet. I continued going to church. Now, the reason I mention those things is because out of them came the miracles. Out of my ballroom studio came a real estate agent who said, I heard you lost your home. You know, I have a tenant who just left a property with a yard, and I know you have two dogs. Would you like it? (laughs) I nearly fell on my my (laughs) rear end. (laughs) Would I like it? And then she told me how much it was. I said, I'm so sorry, I can't afford it. So she lowered the price.
0: Mm.
1: That's an absolute miracle. My church threw me a shower. I'd never even had a bridal shower, and i had been <laughs> married before. And yet they threw me a shower so I would have kitchen implements and a laundry basket and, you know, Tupperware and all sorts of stuff. I had nothing. They gave me soap. They gave me beauty. Pro- you know, you, I can't even begin to name all the ways in which the community that is my church helped me. And then the same thing with my ballet mistress. She found a loaner pair of ballet slippers so I could take class. And people gave me clothes. They gave me gift cards. And then the most amazing thing happened. I learned about perfect strangers. These were people who didn't know me from Adam, who would overhear a conversation. For example, when I was having trouble getting a, a refill and a prescription, a lady in line behind me heard the difficulty I was in, I, it resolved. But when I, as I was leaving the store, she said, I, I heard you were having trouble and your house burned down. Can I get you anything, anything in the store? And people were doing that sort of thing repeatedly. I, I kept a journal of what I call these miracles, but they really came out of one thing, and this is what I encourage everyone in COVID or in any other awful traumatic situation, don't stop. Don't stop whatever portion of your life you can continue, because out of that will come the miracles, the help, the resources that you need.
0: And what you're saying is that you're not putting yourself in a special category. Oh, it's because I have this awareness and I've done this work. You're saying we all have these opportunities at our hand.
1: And many of us have more than I did because I didn't have any family. Many of us, I mean, I'm divorced, and I don't, never had children, so I have no family. So I really was relying on the kindness of strangers. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Whether, no matter what is in your life, make sure you build community. It doesn't matter if it's a book club or a sewing circle or a kayaking, when we can get out in the water again, club, whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. Create community because out of that community will come the help you need.
0: And we can do that. Okay, we can't go kayaking necessarily right mm-hmm. now. Uh, but people have been going hiking in the mountains. I think they'll be sure. able to probably go skiing. So whatever it is that you're saying that you enjoy in your life, do it to some degree.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, Zoom has and, and Skype and Facebook Time have all been phenomenal technological supports because at least through Zoom, even if you can't go kayaking with your buddies, you can chat with them about it. You can check in on each other. You can see how how are you doing, what do you need, what's up. It, it's, there's always a way, and that, by the way, is the fundamental optimist point of view on life. There's got to be a way.
0: So in terms of optimism, uh, if someone has been pretty mm, much the other way, so they're more pessimistic, uh, is that something that's kind of built into us or can we change this? Yes and no.
1: We all have a degree of optimism as well as a degree of pessimism in our systems. We're just wired that way. Now, some people are born with a little heftier chunk of optimism than others But that's kind of irrelevant because optimism is, above all, a choice. I, for one, was not born optimistic. I would say I was pretty darn cynical well into my 20s. And it's only as I started looking around at life and seeing it a little differently that I recognized it was maybe another point of view. So optimism is a choice in any given situation not to bury your head in the sand, not to deny whatever reality is in front of you, but rather to choose what might work? What might be a better way? Where there could be resources or help? And to really use as your mantra, the the MacGyver thing, gotta be a way.
0: (laughs) Yes. And and so here you're alluding to a chapter in this new book, I Survived COVID-19, What Now? And we should mention in terms of the book, it's just it's wonderful. It's one of these really great books that has short chapters so you can just kind of hone in on something that really jumps out at you and I I love that. It's sort of like a just a, a great quick fix type of thing.
1: Yes, and then the other thing about it is if you notice Kate the chapters are – I only have one introductory chapter where I go on and on about optimism. The rest of the chapters are all devoted to individuals who have in one way or another demonstrated that principle of got to be away in a variety of difficult situations. And that, has, I've been told by people who've read it, that has been very powerful because they could relate one or another of these individuals predicaments, and, and get some ideas on, okay, well, how did they do it? What might I do kind of thing?
0: Yes, exactly. I, I think that's where we feel encouraged, like, okay, it's been tried, it worked, maybe I can do it too.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Yes. So obviously, in your choosing these, I think there's 33 chapters, in your choosing these, these were just stories that came to you and you you took the ones that really impacted you. So they're all important.
1: Well, the ones that I felt were most relevant to our current situation, yes.
0: Yes. So in terms of that, and you're choosing it for our situation – Because were you feeling that or seeing that people were really getting mired down in the pandemic, that they were perhaps not seeing any light at that end of the tunnel?
1: Oh, my goodness. There was even a meme that just broke my heart, Kate, which said there is no light at the end of the tunnel. And that's the attitude, not the attitude, wrong word. That is, unfortunately, the feeling, especially as you pointed out, as this goes on and on and on and on and on and on. It can feel like there is no no light at the end of this tunnel, which cannot be, cannot be. If you look at the history of the world, we have been through some pretty gosh darn horrific things. And yet, and yet we're still here and we're still moving and grooving. We're still here. So I wrote the book primarily because it literally broke my heart to see so many of us so unhappy and so knocking our heads against the wall as to, well, what is this and what do I do and how do I get out of it? And and this can't be. And those sorts of things. And I guess it's my small attempt to provide a little light at the end of that tunnel.
0: Well, I think it's a pretty major attempt. That's not even just attempt. It's a major effort. And therefore, the picking up and reading it and finding that important message for ourselves whenever we find ourselves kind of slipping downward.
1: Thank you. That is certainly my hope.
0: So there's a, I love the title of this one. Perhaps you can share with our listeners the story, Adopt Courage as Your Personal Mantra.
1: You know, I don't memorize them by title. Okay.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Which one was that? I know that that I probably
1: mentioned the fact that courage comes from the French word for heart and that courage has very little to do with your muscular strength or ability or anything like that. I think one of the most courageous stories I ever heard, and I don't think this one is actually in the book, is of a gentleman who was confined to an iron lung for most of his life, and yet he was a celebrated poet because he taught himself to write with a pencil in his mouth. This from a man in an iron lung. That means your whole body is encased in essentially what's a coffin. And yet he did not let that stop him. That's courage. Courage, meaning from the heart. Because it really is from the heart that we express best the optimism that I speak of. That fear Belief that there is a better way, there can be something that could work. I think one must have taken that man in terms of courage to do that.
0: Yes, that is just beyond comprehension to think of being that incapacitated, but not giving into it and, and just giving up.
1: You know, we have an example that most of us can remember of Stephen Hawkins. Yes. Same thing. Stephen Hawkins was absolutely I don't want, I don't know a better word to use, but deformed. I mean the poor man was in such a physically complicated, challenging state, and yet he managed to contribute to the world of physics unbelievably.
0: Yes, exactly. Where we see these cases of people that so easily could be discouraged and figure it's too much effort, but they don't. So the mind and the heart are so powerful in this.
1: Yes, they are. And that you you said something that's really wonderfully on on point, Kate, which it is is the mind and the heart. Um, Psychology has shown that thought precedes emotion. Why that's important is you can choose your thought. You can't necessarily choose your emotion, but you can choose what you want to think about. So when you're in the depths of despair, you can choose to keep thinking about how miserable you are and how horrible it is. Or you can choose to start looking for, okay, there's got to be a way out of this. I don't know what it is yet, but there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way. You can choose that. The feeling of being miserable can just will just come and go as it, as it will. But if you start choosing a more positive thought, your feelings will change.
0: And it's pretty simple to just kind of experiment with that and see how that really does work in our lives. Yes.
1: Sometimes the easiest way is through either nature or a pet. In other words, I don't know about you, but I think the fact the sun still rises every stinking morning is positively amazing. (laughs) And sometimes I can just lay there in my bed, you know, especially in the first few months after the fire when I would have nightmares every single night, I would just notice that the sun still came up. (laughs) I go, okay, thank you, son. I really appreciate this. This means there's a day. That means there's hope. Because if there's a day, there's something I might, 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 very important word, might be able to do in it.
0: Exactly. So you look for those little things and let them build you up. And I'm saying that in the context of in the introduction, you talk about a guy in in this supermarket when we could do those things, well, when he was yeah. in line and you saw the tattoo that was a very negative sounding. So when you surround yourself or have some sort of a message that keeps hitting you in the eye, which then leads to the heart um, every single moment, you're just reinforcing those negative things.
1: Correct. But you have the power with your thought, as you said, mind. Mind is so important. You have the power with your thought to switch, to switch to something else. And then you have to persist. It's pretty simple. (laughs) You can't just think, you know, uh, one positive thought and hope that that'll that'll tide you over. It doesn't work that way. You do build on it as much as you can. And then, yes, we're all going to then at some point go down the rabbit hole, be miserable, whatever. The best thing you can do in that circumstance, as far as I'm concerned, is use a timer. If you're going to go down there, if you're going to be miserable, depressed, and pessimistic, set a timer for 20 minutes, literally 20 minutes, and then do whatever you need to do. I mean, for me, it's usually scribbling very uncouth words all over multiple <laughs> sheets of paper in very large scrawls. For others, it could be, you know... Put yourself in your car, roll the windows up and scream for all your words, or stick a pillow in the middle of your bed and bang on it safely, please. In other words, do whatever you need to do to get that just icky, icky, icky stuff out of your system. And when that timer goes off, you're done. You're done. And go do something nice for yourself, like have have a cup of coffee or pet your cat, dog, hamster, whatever, or go look at a leaf or a potted plant, Anything, anything that turns your attention to something with life, something positive, something enjoyable, and now stay there and keep reinforcing it. Right. Because we all have those moments, and it's stupid and irrelevant to deny them. It's just useless. On the contrary, you want to acknowledge them, you want to release them, and then let go, let go.
0: Yes, because what do we benefit by just staying mired in that except continuing to perpetuate misery?
1: Nothing. As a matter of fact, I don't know. uh, Hopefully this was clear in the book. You you do terrible damage to your immune system. Yes. You see, study after study after study has proven that optimists are healthier, live longer, have stronger cardiovascular systems, more robust immune systems, For a good reason, which is your brain communicates to your body constantly. So if you are in a state of optimism, chances are excellent that you are feeding your immune system with what it needs to support the whole of you. And these days, you want a strong immune system. You really, really do. Because, yes, we may have masks and washing our hands and social distancing and phenomenal hospitals and physicians. But the bottom line is the stronger your immune system, the more likely you are to either repel or survive anything that comes along.
0: Yes. So there were no other reason that we could think of that we want to be optimists. Being able to build that system so that we have a healthier, longer life certainly yeah. is is a great value.
1: Absolutely. And one thing we've learned, we've all learned through this COVID pandemic, is that the individuals who had weaker immune systems did not generally fare as well so you know the proof is in front of our noses
0: yes exactly and and i think i found this on your website it was certainly related to uh looking to the materials there, talking about research that has been done like at the mayo clinic where they have these statistics about that oh
1: yes i mean that's the thing is that this isn't a woo woo science Physicians have been extremely interested in why some some people with certain outlooks on life do better than others in in you know cardiovascular events and that kind of thing. so yes, the the research is from places like the Mayo Clinic absolutely
0: so this is really such an incredible and simple gift we can get give ourselves and And I would say that that this is um. It's a a progression. It's not like, you know, optimism is right here and that's it. You're optimistic. It it can keep growing. um, And so that's why you can start wherever you're at if you're feeling kind of more on the negative side, I'll say, to to build this muscle, we'll call it a muscle, and and really improve.
1: Uh, It's a a wonderful way of looking at it, Kate, because it is exactly like a muscle. And as I said, I didn't start out optimistic at all, and I did build it, and I continue to build it. That's the other thing. I've been at this for decades, and I'm still building it. One of the easiest tools to use, by the way, is appreciation, which is to simply, and some people think of it as an attitude of gratitude. Same deal. To simply look around your yourself your person, your, your family, your friends, the, the, the chair you're sitting on, whatever it may be, what can you appreciate? In other words, what can you value? What can you be grateful for? And you'll be absolutely stunned when you really decide you want to do that. How many things you can be grateful for? How many things you can appreciate right in your immediate vicinity? I can appreciate this interview like crazy. You're a delightful interviewer and I'm enjoying it immensely. That sets me up for the whole day. But but that's a conscious decision. Sure, I decide that, all right, how do I want to feel about this? What do I want to think about it? Well, I want to be grateful. Why? Because, frankly, it's more fun.
0: (laughs) Yes, it feels so much better. And then the thing that is so wonderful about gratitude is expressing it to individuals around us, if that's what the situation is. They feel so good about it. And, and it's just this wonderful ripple that can turn into a great tide. Yes, it is. So there's so much that we can do for ourselves in the midst of things looking kind of grim, but the thing to remember, as you well pointed out, there, there will come an end to this. And we want oh. to be in a really good position to be healthy and strong, to pick up our life and move into a better space.
1: Which frankly is the purpose, the reason why I wrote the book. Yes, absolutely. So It's it, always served me to, to take the long view Um, My my first doctorate was as a political sociologist, which is the study of groups and decision-making. And so in sociology, you tend to take the long view. You don't look at just a decade, usually. You look at a century or epoch. And if you take the long view, you will notice that humanity has been through an unbelievable amount of chaos and ups and downs and ins and outs and all the rest of it. And yet through it all, we have progressed. We have become kinder to each other. There, frankly, is less bloodshed now than there was 400 years ago, but it takes that kind of long view. We have much better health, generally speaking, than we did 500, 600, 700 years ago, so forth. We do progress, and I find it reassuring to look at that and to remember that, you know what, in the end, that light really does shine at the end of the tunnel.
0: Right. Right. And you mentioned a really key word, also in in sharing that with us, Doctor Nelson. The word "kind," having kindness. Yes. It kind of is. It's fits in quite well, I think, with thinking of gratitude, being optimistic. They all yes. work hand in hand with each other.
1: They truly do. And I have benefited from the kindness, as I've said, of perfect strangers, oh. which, by the way, led me to understand that perfect stranger meant they were perfect. <laughs> they really are. And that it, it has encouraged me to seek to be even kinder.
0: And there's where hope really generates in our lives is experiencing that and it just grows and grows and really takes us upward on this path in our life's journey. Yes it does. Yeah. And kindness is everywhere present if you but look for it. Just like you said, looking for the miracles in our lives as well. Yep. Right? Yep. Which, which yep. you know, we could interpret them as being miracles when someone is kind to us as you were experiencing. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Oh,
1: absolutely. And frankly, when we are being kind to another, you see the thing is people think you have to like someone to be kind to them. No, you don't. Kindness is its own beast. Kindness is something that comes from you, not from what another has done or not done. And kindness can be expressed even with a mask, with a smile. Yes. With a thank you. It really doesn't take much to be kind. It's always an
0: option. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what a great note to kind of culminate all of this. But to add, uh, let's mention your website, because there we get lots of more inspiration, as well as being able to find your book.
1: Thank you. It's simply uh, com, spelled N-O-E-L-L-E-N-E-L-S-O-N dot com. And if I may, Kate, I recently launched a podcast.
0: Oh, yes. Tell us, where do we find that?
1: It's called no big surprise. It's called Up, <laughs> <laughs> Uplisting, Inspiring, Practical. And it's, again, very short, under five minutes each because we all have busy lives these days. And you can find it pretty much everywhere, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and just, you know, type in Up, and there I am. And hopefully that will uh, also bring some additional inspirational tips and optimistic ways of viewing life. To
0: listeners. How wonderful. Yes, I find that little snippets are sometimes just that little inoculation, that little boost that we need, and it sets us off to, to go forward again. Yes. So this has been wonderful. I just love the work that you do. I really appreciate that you've spent this time with us this morning to give us some insights and encouragement, and I trust that we're going to feel uplifted and inspired today.
1: It is certainly my desire, and I thank you so very much, Kate. This has been a treat.
0: And with that, we're at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Dr. Noelle Nelson and Sunday Morning Magazine with Sarah Osborne. I now wish you and your family a day of realizing how blessed we really are. Have a week of the same and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine, an inspirational women on Warm 1069. Good morning.